Hey, Mike. Hi, Caleb. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing quite well, quite well. This is a, a delightful uh, afternoon recording for us. Yeah, we usually record in the evenings, but uh, we decided to record this afternoon, and so it's still light out. It's nice. Yeah, mix things up a little bit. What are you, uh, what are you drinking this afternoon? I am having a gimlet, and I uh, to twist it up a little bit, I added a quarter ounce of uh, cherry herring, so oh. it's a, a little bit... Uh, little pinkish and a little bit sweeter and uh i like it i started making uh, my own simple syrup which is not a big feat but <laughs> i made more than one servings worth so it's in a little uh a uh, little jug and ready for use in the future excellent what about you uh, i am drinking a uh, cuba libre or as it's known uh, by most people a rum and coke sorry to interrupt i was just watching uh, a movie that was added to hbo yesterday the uh, infamous cocktails or cocktail with Tom Cruise. Oh yeah, classic. <laughs> and uh, that was one of the one of the jokes. He was sort of uh, concerned he didn't know what a Cuba Libre was, and just said, "Why didn't you just tell me it's a damn rum and coke?" So, <laughs> well, it is just a damn rum and coke. Although I did uh, make it with the uh, Mexican coke, so it's uh, it's quite nice. All right. So today we are going to talk about um, the recent uh, numbers that came out from Tesla uh, for their uh, third quarter. Uh, deliveries. So car companies uh, at the end of their uh, quarter, so three months of production, will come out and uh, announce how many cars they delivered. And then about a month or so later, the full financials will come out and they'll do the analyst calls. But you get a little bit of a preview of what happened. And Tesla's committed to getting that out three days after the quarter ended. And so uh, this past Friday, uh, September 30th, the quarter ended. And so today on Sunday, we actually get the uh, the numbers, uh, Tesla released them, and Tesla PR actually emailed them to us directly this time, which was great. That's so, pretty exciting. We've arrived. We, got, we have. We got them uh, the moment they were released, and uh, so we're recording a few hours later and uh, wanted to sort of break down what, what happened there, um, what, uh, what the implications are uh, going forward, and what, if anything, um, might be juiced about these numbers, uh, some of the, the bears in the uh, financial world are, are not happy about the numbers. So we'll sort of dissect that a bit too. Excellent. So what would you give it as a, uh, if you had to give them a letter grade for the quarter, how would you, how would you grade their quarterly performance? I would say this delivery count seems like a B plus. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. I, they, they did a little better than they, uh, they said. Um, uh, and I think that, so they, they delivered, um, 24,500 vehicles. That number will change slightly as they do their very final accounting on it, but essentially it counts for the number of vehicles that were actually delivered to a customer, title, registration, all that was uh, occurred. So not just how many they sold or reserved online, but actually in the hands of, of customers. And um, that's the most they've ever done. So it's a record number of, of deliveries. And the mix is pretty good as well. We've got, uh, they announced 15,800 were Model S's and 8,700 were Model X. So um, that works out to about 35% Model X and about 65% Model S. That's more than I would have expected. On which, which side? More X's, total, more X's yeah. than I would have expected, <laughs> which is some, almost sounds like a bit of a tongue twister there. More X's than I would have expected. Yeah, they finally seem to have gotten X a little bit, uh, a little bit under control in terms of production and delivery capabilities. So, and you mentioned a record, but that you mean uh, like that's an internal record for Tesla, not some sort of uh, in industry-wide record or of any sort? 
That's correct, yeah. Just okay. in terms of what Tesla has done. Um, and the previous two quarters had been pretty rough in terms of deliveries. And um, really because they were um, using a lot of the production capabilities for Model X, but Model X was slowing down things um, to the point where the past two... So if you look back when Model X was first uh, first started introduced, it was in the fourth quarter of 2015. So the holiday period of 2015 is when the first delivery started happening for Model X. And they delivered uh, just 206 in the first three months that it was available. <laughs> um, and then the next quarter, in the following three months, they 1,000% improvement. They delivered 2,400. And then almost 100% improvement the next three months. Uh, they delivered 4,600. And then in this quarter, getting up to the period now, uh, they had an 88% improvement, getting to 8,700. So Model X has really started ramping. And it looks like, based on these sort of um, uh, percentage improvements, they've got at least one or two more quarters of Model X still continuing to ramp. I just can't imagine that they're going to continue in the 80% improvement rate um, for much longer. And uh, that had sort of come at the detriment of Model X S, um, where the previous two quarters were uh, sequential declines of over 20%. So that's a lot, to, a lot of numbers, but essentially <laughs> Model S uh, got the short end of the stick and they use that capacity for X. And now finally, X is at a level where when both of those are running, the combined uh, created a very big improvement um, of 70% improvement over the previous quarter. So they delivered 70% more vehicles than they did in the previous three months, which is a, a quite a big uh, amount. 70% uh, improvement on anything is generally quite good. And to do that in only three months, yeah. I think is, uh, is pretty impressive. Yeah, and it, well, and they also said what that there were over five thousand, I guess, still in transit at the end of the quarter, which I guess speaks to probably how many they're shipping their their velocity, I guess, towards the end of the quarter versus uh, throughout the quarter. Yeah, exactly. So um, there's two numbers, right? There's the number that they make, and then there's the number they deliver. And for overseas, um, and also in in the United States, there might be cars on trucks. And so uh, they also said that they had 5,500 or so in transit. Um, and so those will instantly uh, be part of uh, the next quarter, uh, Q4. And they, they, they mentioned that to, to make it clear that it isn't as if they sort of sold everything they made. And now they're starting with a totally blank slate um, because the previous quarter, there was a 5,000 uh, in transit carryover as well. So this quarter started with 5,000 and next quarter will also start with 5,000. So it looks like they still have a little bit of work to do in terms of um, their, uh, their logistics uh, to try and get that number down. Um, but they also produced 25,000. So they made more cars than they delivered and they exited with 5,000. Um, so the Delta seems to have come from some inventory cars um, that they also sold. Um, some of the loaner cars, some of the floor models, and, uh, and so that sort of gets into some of these other things that have been going on. But one, one last point, um, just to sort of make it a little bit more concrete, and this really kind of struck me, was so the production rose to 25,000. So that's an increase of uh, 37% from Q2 of 18,000 vehicles. So that's the actual number made. And so that's 6,840 more vehicles made in that 92-day period. So a quarter is three months, and there is actually 92 days. And assuming they work all the, all all seven days a week, which we um, currently have been told they do, 
that would equate to 74 more cars made per day than three months ago. That's that's a pretty big difference from <laughs> uh, the sort of one line at that factory. Um, so that that really was like I had to check my numbers a bunch on that to make sure that 74 number was correct. But I did the math a few times. So that's a lot more cars <laughs> rolling off the line to squeeze into the same physical amount of time and physical space. Yeah, that's that, that's impressive. Uh, do they do you know if they have do they have like one production line that has increased its velocity or do they have have they brought on like multiple parallel lines that are all churning cars along at the uh, uh, in parallel? So apparently there are sort of, there's um, a few components, right? There's the, uh, the stamping of the parts. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the paint and body shop. Um, there, and then there's sort of the final assembly line. So apparently the final assembly line is mixed. But then for each of the sub parts, they have to decide. Um, and they might have two paint lines and they might have uh, the stamping machine will alternate. So the, the bottleneck seems to have been the final assembly. And so it seems as if the final assembly now with the mixed... S and X is able to uh, not be as slow as it used to be or have as many problems. And one of the other stats they've been talking about in previous quarters was that the number of hours per car has been dropping. So that would mean that there's also more automation happening and less defects requiring uh, more human intervention. Um, So I think that's really uh, solid improvements and certainly they need to keep making these improvements. Um, but this is really sort of the last quarter before they really start getting things ready for Model 3. And we know that for a few few reasons. The first is that they don't expect their Q4 deliveries to increase that much. So they're not going to be spending a lot of effort on producing more Model S's and Model X's this quarter when they previously have been trying to do that. That's one tell. Has there, so yeah, quick question. Has the quarter, has Q4 been flat? like year over year for them? Is that like a normal like holiday quarter thing for car sales? No, actually for Tesla, Q4 has been their historical best quarters um, if you look back. So they've typically done better in Q4 than in other quarters, even though they have the challenges of it being a slightly shorter quarter. I think there's one or two less days. And then also uh, getting those cars in the winter weather to East Coast states and other parts of the country. Um, can be can be more challenging. That's one thing that they're not going to continue to try and make more vehicles, uh, substantially more, is one tell. The second tell is that they really wanted this quarter to be good, and we'll get into that in a second, because they know they're going to need to raise more money. They're going to do uh, some more stock and potentially more debt um, to get more capital for Model 3 and really start building the production lines for Model 3 in some of the extra space in the factory that has just never been used for, by Tesla yet. So it sounds like a lot of their engineering efforts in the floor will be devoted to Model 3. And the one other thing they said is that they don't expect to potentially be profitable uh, until after the Model 3 comes out now. And so they intend to spend quite a lot of money uh, next quarter and the following quarters in preparation for Model 3. So all of those factors lead us to sort of have to say that this quarter, Q3, that just ended is really important to Tesla for the for the financial community. And Tesla even, and, and uh, Elon even said as much to all the staff a few, uh, few weeks ago at the end of August, um, really imploring them to sell as many cars as they could and try and uh, 
make it uh, a profitable quarter. They said they were on the razor's edge of being profitable, which would be the first time in quite a, quite a number of years. So it's when you say imploring them to, to sell more cars, I'm, I'm getting a very Glengarry, Glenn Ross uh, vibe going on here. Is Elon Musk awarding steak knives to the second place seller? I'm not sure. I don't know if he's going to fire anyone, but uh, I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't put it past them for third place. What did they, what did they do to try and uh, focus on that? So there's two big things. The first would be things they've done to the product. Um, so just generally as Tesla's introduced lower priced products, um, people have bought more. Um, pretty pretty standard process. Um, and so three things that um, have happened very recently uh, that could have affected this quarter and helped. So the first that happened was they introduced a 60 kilowatt pack, uh, 60 kilowatt hour pack. Um, and that was uh, now their lowest price option for Model S entry point. That happened in June. So that pulled the price down of getting started uh, with a Tesla. So that would have helped sales. That's the 75 one that's actually downrated to 60 and then has like a software unlock. Is that the? Yep. Okay. Exactly. And so that also then has the ability to later help uh, the profit margin of those vehicles by someone choosing to software unlock it, and then that money would be all profit. Presumably that means the margins are lower than what they would have been if they would only put like a 60 kilowatt pack in there in the first place, right? Because that yes. means they're, they're taking a hit on the uh, on the initial sale, hoping for an upsell on some percentage of them over time. Yep, yep. And unlike um, certain uh, companies like Apple or others who put in, who sort of use a memory as a, as a as a way to extract more money from people, even though the cost of that memory is not commensurate with the hundred dollar or or more price increase, as you mentioned, the actual cost of the battery is a pretty real cost. Um, so yeah, it definitely does hurt their margins. It's not something that they would do just for fun to try and uh, get more sales. I think it, it purely is around lowering the price to a place that they can uh, still make some money, still hit a uh, profit margin. They're acceptable knowing some percentage will upgrade and the redu reduced um, effort of, uh, of having just one battery um, pack to make instead of having two packs, which would uh, increase the complexity of that manufacturing process. So, so that's the first thing. The other thing that they did was they introduced a two-year leasing option. Um, most lease, I don't know, have you ever leased a car? I have, yes. What, was the, what were the least... What was the least time on that? Do you remember? Uh, I did one that was a 24-month, and I've done a 39-month, I believe, once, um, which was a weird number. I'm sure there was some sort of financial shenanigans that got them to 39 months instead of 36. Yeah. Did, yeah. did you do the 24-month because it was a lower initial price, or you only wanted the car for two years? What was the... It was, my first, it was my first car out of college. Uh, and so, yeah, it was it was a low-price introductory, like, show us your recent graduation thing, and you get a discounted rate. And it was a one of these, like, scam type... Well, scam is strong, but one of these, like, uh, targeted specials that they have... Um, so there really wasn't all that much thought put into it. Got it. Yeah. So they sent out a lot of emails. I got an email. I bet you probably did too. Yeah, I did. Since we did the test drives, uh, saying something like five hundred ninety-three dollars starting point, something right around there. Yeah, it was definitely below six hundred. There, there was a five there, which which seemed important, I guess. And then the last thing, which probably doesn't have a huge impact on the quantity, but on the margin, um, on, on margin uh, contribution would make a big difference, was the P one hundred DL was introduced at the end of August and started shipping uh, in the past month. So the big impact here is 
uh, a fair number of people who want the highest end Teslas, who are some of the wealthiest Tesla owners, will trade in their existing Teslas to get the latest and greatest. Um, and so, you know, uh, getting another sale of their highest margin uh, car, which is, you know, more than $125,000, helps offset some of those lower price vehicles that are being sold. Um, and also they get to take back, in many cases, really uh, strong, high-performance cars that aren't that, that used and then uh, refurbish them and sell them again. So that, that car, uh, the P100DL, also um, would have impacted the end of this quarter uh, and, and helped some of the, the revenue and also growth margin, if not the uh, count of cars sold. Yeah, and that's not even to take into account the amount of free publicity they got out of launching the like, fastest production car or sedan or whatever. I, I felt like I was reading and hearing about that all over the place, like pretty far out of proportion for what, like if BMW released a slightly more improved 7 Series sedan, like I don't think they would have gotten the publicity that, that Tesla got for releasing that uh, P100D Beast. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's right. I feel like I saw it a lot of places outside of. I mean, it was in the CNN and Bloomberg and all the all the business press, all the mainstream press about the quickest car. Um, so it definitely got a ton of attention and certainly helps the brand uh, in terms of people who might have heard of Tesla and and continuing to fight that stigma, which we've been talking about throughout the entire series of you know electric cars being slow or not interesting from a performance point of view. Um, so that definitely uh, would have contributed. And so that's sort of on the product side, but then there's also the salesmanship side of things. And one thing that we heard a lot about um, over the past couple months, especially in the past month as the quarter's gotten closer to ending, is that there's been a lot of discounting happening. And there was a bit of a back and forth on Twitter very recently with a customer, a Tesla customer and Elon <laughs> where uh, he was saying, like, this is a little weird. I'm sort of getting uh, told that I, I'm not going to get my car. I'm going to get a different car, and, to, you know, the discounting is not is weird. And Elon said, I'll look into it. And the result of it was him replying back with a an email memo he had sent to the entire staff, basically saying we cannot discount our cars. Um, it's fundamental to the brand that we don't discount. I pay full price, my family pays full price, every celebrity pays full price. The only reason we ever discount is because the car is is used, the car is damaged in some way in transit, and so we need to make up for that. Or it's like a loaner or show car, and so um, we need to more fairly uh, sort of uh, assign the right value since it's not a brand new car. And still hearing some examples of people who got brand new cars, but they have this weird concept of new cars that still are having some more miles than, you know, 10 or 12 that would happen in just like initial testing. So it's a little blurry what their definition of new is. Um, but it, it does sound like there were some discounts and also some discounts on sort of delivery fees and registration fees that could amount to a few thousand dollars. Um, but all in all, it it's definitely Comforting to me, I get well, comforting, but <laughs> positive to hear that uh, Elon definitely wanted to make it very clear that discounting is not uh, the Tesla way, and that he doesn't want that to happen. Even though a month later he had said to the salespeople, "Do everything you can to sell as many cars." So it, it, you know, it's a little convenient to have that happen at the very end of the month um, to have found out this happened and say it's not good anymore. <laughs> but uh, 
but yeah, I definitely appreciate the idea that the cars are the price you see online and you just pay for them and that's what it is and you don't have to worry about haggling for a lower price. Yeah, you don't have to wait for the big President's Day sale or whatever kind of shenanigans are going on at most car dealers. Yeah, exactly, because it really creates this incentive and I think of waiting. And that's going to be one of the challenges for the next quarter is a lot of people knew there were discounts and now, you know, starting in October now, uh, those same discounts aren't necessarily available. And so do you play this game of waiting till the end of the month or the end of the quarter, uh, hoping that Tesla will start issuing more discounts and deals? And so that's one of the big reasons you, as a company, if you can help yourself from discounting, you'll be in a better position long term because you're not necessarily creating more demand. You're just shifting it forward. And so then you have a deficit in the next quarter to make up. Uh, since a lot of people who maybe were going to buy in a few months or a year decided to pull the trigger now, uh, those sales look like net new sales, but they may have happened in the future. And so now you have to go find another customer and more to make up for it and keep growing. So it's a pretty vicious cycle uh, doing discounting. You got to re- you got to resist the BOGO. Yeah, no BOGOs, no no buy one, get one free Teslas. That, that would be a very aggressive discount, I think. Uh, <laughs> unprecedented. It, unprecedented and would certainly put them out of business, I think. Um, <laughs> so I think that the interesting thing here is They've done a pretty good job in, in increasing production, but it's no, I mean, 24,000 cars is nowhere near the level they need to be to support Model 3, our favorite uh, topic and the reason we started the show. Our, our raison d'etre. Exactly. Um, so it looks as if um, this is positive, but they still have a long, a long way to go and not much time uh, to, to hit the level of half a million cars a year run rate uh, in 2018, which... They used to say 2020, and then Elon and team moved it up to 2018. So they have um, just about five quarters uh, to do that. And so you've done some some math here. I've, I've, I'm, I'm now seeing that you've, you've actually crunched some numbers here, and you've come up with some, some estimates that, as to how they're going to get there. Yeah, so if you take the current uh, improvement rate they had this quarter over last, which was 37%, uh, as evidence that that's possible um, for them to make that sort of jump in a three-month time period. And you project that forward for one quarter, um, they get to 34000 uh, a month, uh, or, or yeah, per quarter. Assuming, But assuming it's flat next quarter and then the, the, the improvements resume uh, and aren't detracted by the Model 3 work that's probably going on in parallel. Yeah. So that so then yeah, those, those are assumptions are you know they have to figure out a way to actually make these improvements. But essentially, uh, you could get there in five quarters, um, five and five steps essentially, five quarters from where they're at now. You could get to you would end at one hundred twenty one thousand five hundred vehicles per quarter, which puts you just at four hundred ninety thousand cars a year rate. So they would need to keep up the thirty seven percent growth rate for five quarters in a row. Uh, from this level to get there. And um, so it, it would not, it's not going to be easy. Um, I don't think it will be as um, consistent a rate as, as uh, 37%. I think certainly turning on the Model 3 line once it starts going should have a faster acceleration rate um, because that car is built and designed for a higher throughput. And obviously the production ramp that they're designing for it and the systems they're designing for Model 3 are expecting a much higher uh, steady state than what Model S or X would ever hit. You know, Model S is already 
the best-selling car in its class. So, you know, it, it maybe has a way, a, a doubling of, of um, interest, but it's not, it's not going to ever be the Model S and X at half a million vehicles a year. But just theoretically, yeah, they'd have to improve 37% a quarter for the next five quarters, and they could get there. So it, it's not orders of magnitude improvements um, per quarter or anything like that. So if we see something like 20 to 40% improvements over each quarter um, following the, pre- the next one, it, it would be possible for them to get there. So I see a path for it happening, um, but it's definitely going to be choppy. So um, <laughs> One thing I thought that was, that was curious in looking at your, at your numbers too is if you actually project it out and they do hit these numbers that they're going to need to hit to get to that run rate, it looks like they're going to hit their 200,000th car produced uh, where the uh, federal tax credits in the U.S. would would, would phase out uh, before they start shipping some Model 3s. Is that Am I reading that correctly? It's possible that happens. Um, a few things uh, that are important to remember about the tax credit. Um, so we're talking here about the U.S. federal tax credit um, rebate, I guess, which is uh, it's a credit which is a $7,500 um, credit for electric vehicles. Each manufacturer has the ability to sell up to 200,000 vehicles in the U.S. before that credit starts phasing itself out. So Tesla doesn't, hasn't yet broken out the exact number of U.S. sales versus international sales, but they've been accumulating. Uh, that number continually is going closer and closer to 200,000, but it's not quite, it's not close to 200,000 yet. And they certainly know what that number is, and they haven't shared it. Um, but it does seem as if within the first quarter or two of Model 3 being produced, they will be very close to that happening. And the law currently, as, it, as it's written, states that the quarter in which that occurs, um, they have the next quarter following, they still get the full 7,500, and then it starts ramping down. I think it goes down to 3,500 or so the next quarter and then 1250 or so the quarter after that, and then it's fully phased out. So if Tesla is really um, trying to be as uh, maximizing as much of the discount as they can, which uh, Elon has said in the past, they will do the right thing for the customer, even if that means a short-term quarterly miss, because what they could do is time it so that uh, Model 3 is ramping up and they're ready to produce 50 or 60,000 in a quarter, maybe more, and they know they're about to hit 200,000. What they would want to do is hit that 200,000 number like the first day of a fresh quarter. So they have the full three months of that quarter plus the full three months after so that they could have a full six months of producing with the full discount, even though they hit 200,000, if that makes sense. So they're going to need to really try and time it so they hit uh, the Model 3 is ramping up and ready to produce at a pretty high throughput. And the way they can modulate this would be uh, not delivering many cars in the U.S. and delivering them almost all overseas um, so that they can uh, try and stay right under that 200,000 barrier and then hit that barrier right in the first couple days of a quarter. And then they've got six months to sell as many as they want uh, and blow through that 200,000 number. So they could theoretically sell 400, 500,000 cars and everyone who was part of that would get the discount. Um, it's all about that timing. So that's where we really need to trust that they're paying attention. And uh, is the big benefit to them, right, obviously, is that that discount, even though Tesla doesn't get that money, 
their customer does. And so that's going to be a huge impact on a $30,000 car, $35,000 car, whether or not you get $7,500 back or not, changes the price dramatically. Right. And so it will drastically change, I think, the amount of people who want to take the car and buy the car um, and who can afford it even. Um, So I think everything they can do to make sure that they maximize the amount of time will be something they want to do. So I bet there's a lot of smart people inside Tesla uh, modeling this and and, um, keeping a very careful eye on those U.S. delivery numbers. Interesting. So it sounds like the the people on the reservation list will have a pretty good shot of, of incorporating that credit into their purchase if they buy their Model 3 uh, when their spot in line comes up? I think the first first few hundred, I think the first couple hundred thousand. Um, we know the list now is over uh, 400,000. So I don't think people now signing up will get the full credit, but they, they could very well get the uh, reduced the. 3,000 something credit. And this is one of the reasons I went and got the reservation uh, the very first day before it was even unveiled because I wanted the best chance possible of getting uh, that discount. Um, and regardless, especially because the, re- the deposit was refundable. <laughs> so the, is the, um, I remember in the Bolt episode, we were talking about how Chevy's target price for the Bolt was including they were they were including that tax credit in their target price to get to the thirty thousand or whatever it was. Mark is um, is Tesla's Model Three price estimate of of like thirty five thousand or whatever it is. Is that for the raw price of the vehicle or is that including the theoretical tax credit? That is uh, before the credit, so that okay. would be the um, non subsidized price. Okay, and and one of the one of the reasons I think they do that is. Uh, the Model 3 will certainly be available in all countries um, relatively soon after it's introduced. Um, and so they need to have a price and they say it on their site before incentives. And also the incentives are different. California has more incentives than um, some other states in the U.S. at least. Right. Uh, and, the, and the Bolt is not planned to go outside the U.S. initially. Um, and I think they want as many advantages as they can. Uh, in saying the price is that low, but yeah, effectively the uh, list price for the Model Three is in the U.S. would be twenty eight thousand or so, um, twenty seven fifty. So, yeah, it's actually um, that's the thing for me is like it'll be a really good car at thirty five thousand and a really really good car at sub thirty thousand. Um, yeah, or and even a thousand less since you've already put a thousand dollars on on layaway. Basically. That's true. It is already on layaway, and then uh, a referral link and. A couple other discounts will help uh, get it. You can stack some coupons. Pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> so, did you have any other uh, any other thoughts for the uh, Q3 numbers here? I think um, I think it's good that we actually talked about these numbers first because I think that um, uh, the the important thing is that this is really a transition period uh, starting now for Tesla because everything previously. The Model 3 was really about uh, sort of in the design phase, design ended the last three months, and now they've started doing supplier contracts. But the real heavy workload and cost and work in the factory is going to be starting now. And so the things that come out in the next quarterly call, I think in, in about a month or so, the analysts and folks on the call will really be pushing, and I'm sure Tesla will make a lot of um 
we'll have a lot more knowledge about how things are going with Model 3. And so going forward, uh, the, fu the future quarters are really going to be about how Model 3 is doing and less about how Model S and X are doing. Um, certainly those guys, the S and X are paying the bills, um, but the Model 3 is really, if depending on how quickly they can get that, if they really get close to that uh, self-imposed deadline or if they miss it by a year, it's going to be a really big difference in terms of how the company fares and how how valuable the company is, to be honest. And so I think the next episode about the, not our next episode, but the episode <laughs> about uh, the quarterly update will focus mostly on Model 3 info. Um, so I think it's good that we were able to talk about this and, and also just sort of, um, uh, show that Tesla and, and talk through that Tesla has been able to continually improve their production capabilities. And that's been one of the sore spots that a lot of people have, uh, lobbed at Tesla is that they can't actually produce a lot of cars and they're not producing a lot of cars when you compare them to a GM or Ford, but GM and Ford have, dozens and dozens of, of brands and price points that are three times lower, four times lower than Tesla's. And so you would expect Tesla to produce and sell fewer cars. So the important thing is when is Tesla going to hit supply and demand equilibrium on the Model S and X? And it doesn't seem like they've hit it yet because they keep ramping up production in very large percentages, which would indicate that it still is demand constra uh, supply constrained. Um, you, would, you would see you'll start to see a really big increase in the amount of um, production relative to deliveries if, uh, if there wasn't enough demand. They would be building up inventory unnecessarily, um, but that isn't the case. They sort of are exiting just about the same as they were producing. So I think they've got a few more quarters still before they hit that, that level. Um, so yeah, those are a couple final thoughts. Anything, anything <laughs> from you? No, no, that sounds sounds interesting. There, I mean, they're obviously still proving themselves and still proving that they can keep increasing capacity, and uh, they're going to have to have to keep doing that all next year. And uh, and I guess hope that there is no significant quake along the Hayward Fault uh, where their oh, factory is located, uh, which which could probably throw a, a spanner in the works, as it were. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that's uh, that's interesting. So uh, let's. Uh, oh man, I almost got through without saying interesting over and over again. Um, bingo. <laughs> that's a perfect time to perfect time to bring this in for a landing. So if, uh, if, if people want to reach us, Caleb, how can they do so? Uh, we have a few ways. The first is on Twitter. We are at the Tesla show. So you can tweet us your thoughts about the episode or past episodes, uh, or ideas for future episodes. Uh, we are on the Tesla show.com where you can find all of our episodes and links to subscribe as well as leave comments on individual episodes. And we also uh, participate in our own subreddit, r slash the Tesla show on Reddit, where we have discussion happening there as well. Um, and so with that, uh, talk to you soon. Talk to you later, Mike. All right. See you later.